Greetings, I'm Sonia Brooks, the Song Bee, and this is The Vibe Juice. Welcome to uh, episode 27 of the Vibe Juice. This is the Vibe Crew, and I am your host, Sister Sonia Song B. And we have DJ NB. No, I'm just joking. I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, Smooth Walker, Chris Jeffrey. What's happening, baby? Aliyar <laughs> Rashid, Panther in the house. Hey, woof, woof, woof. Speaking of Panthers, man, black. <laughs> We gotta get that to you, Ali. You know what? And speaking of black and panther, I'm going to start with some booty juice right here. Okay. Now, and for you, those of y'all who don't yeah, know what yeah. the booty juice is to get the nasty kink out your head, out your brain, <laughs> we are talking about art, sports, and entertainment. That is the good juice. The booty juice. The booty juice. Money making <laughs> juice. <laughs> so, uh, Judas. Yes. Judas. Oh, Judas. And the and, Black Messiah. And the Black Messiah, y'all. We got to start with some entertainment. Now, and we, we got a couple of things to talk about, but let's start with Judah and the Black, Judas and the Black Messiah. Let's do it. Birds do it. Bees do it. Okay. Ready. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, uh, uh, Judas and the Black Messiah, uh, which is uh, produced by Brian Kugler. And, uh, Oaktown. yeah, Oaktown guy. And, uh, let me see, our, uh, starring, I forget the brother from, um, Lakeith is the local brother, you're yes, right. And yeah. Daniel Kaluva. Kaluva. Kaluya. Uh, is it Kaluya? Kaluya. Not with a V? Kalua. No, I don't think it's a V. Oh, okay. Kaluya. Like Kaluya. Lakeith yeah. Stanfield, who plays William O'Neill. And uh, Daniel Leclua, gosh, who plays Fred Hampton. Yes. Just a quick note. And uh, Dominique Fishback. Yeah. As uh, as uh, Fred Hampton. Oh, the wife. wife. Yes. Yeah, uh, let's not wife. forget her. She actually played a wonderful role. Right. Yeah. right. Quick right. note. Yes. The real William Neal mm-hmm. is now deceased. Yes. Okay, but it, when Malcolm X was assassinated, mm-hmm. there was a famous picture. Of a man, Malcolm's laying on his back, chest completely blown open. This guy at that time claimed he was trying to give Malcolm CPR. Now, I'm not medical, I'm not a ET, or nothing, none of that, but I know this. If a person has a chest wound, you can't give them CPR. Give them CPR. Mm. That person in that photo leaning over Malcolm was William Neal. What? And, yeah, the same William Neal mm-hmm. that helped set up Brother Fred Hampton and Mark Hart. Wow. Wow. Let's no about the, he, confessed, he confessed to it in a, a documentary he did. Was a part of in 1997 or 98, I believe, was when it was produced. Um, he was initially exposed by a Japanese woman who was a legendary supporter of the Black Panther Party. And she was the first to notice looking at the picture of him leaning over Malcolm. And then when she saw the picture of him in the scenes around the assassination of Fred and Mark, Mm -hmm. 
and say that's the same man. Mm. And that's what led the, the, I forget the guy's name that did the documentary, mm. but that's what gave him a trail, a path to go on and say, look, Mr. Neal, we want to interview you. We know it may be super sensitive. Right. We know it may be, you know, not the nicest thing, mm. but we have information that indicates that you're a piece of shit because that guy was a piece of shit. I tell you what, I mean, you know, goodness gracious. I mean, you know, that guy really sold it. And Lakeith Stanfield needs to be uh, slapped on the back and, and uh, for, for selling it that way, because I think that that guy was so well. convincing. Yeah. Uh, because I think in some odd way, some, some kind of odd psychological way, he was he he believed what in what he was doing. Yeah, he believed a in the fact that the Black Panther Party was like the Klan, like that, like the yeah. like the, the the white FBI agent had told him, mm-hmm. you know. And in some way, he also uh, believed in the other side. He also yeah. believed in what the Panthers were doing yeah. at the time. He you know he in fact mentioned um, that he was uh, that that he he considered uh, Fred Hampton to be a mentor to him. Yeah. Um, Mental confusion is a normal state of brain functioning for agent provocateurs because they they have to know <laughs> they have to know the A side uh-huh. who they work for right. and what the goal of J. Edgar Hoover and others was, mm. which is murder, assassination, rape, mm. cases, on and on and on. But they also have to know the other side. And I've heard at least two other agent provocateur types came out of uh, U.S. Army intelligence. Oh, a, a lot of those guys. In fact, almost all of them. That yeah, I, I, I know at least one who did. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I'm saying? No names mentioned, but uh, right. I know at least one who did. And it was just, uh, I was in shock, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Um, that that was even, you know, a possibility. Uh, but they also they also uh, they also um, took people from inside the ranks or, or tried to recruit folks that were inside the ranks. Um, I know another couple mm-hmm, of people from mm-hmm, from inside mm-hmm, the ranks mm-hmm, of the of yeah. rank and file members who were approached, you know, multiple times, wow. handed pistols and told them, "Hey, you need to go shoot this person." Mm. Uh, you know, things along those lines. Letter writing. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, you know, they take a picture with, let's say. They would take a picture with, say, like, you and your partner's lady, where, you know, your partner might be on a mission, and you take your partner's lady home from a meeting, right? Hey, you need a ride? Okay, I'll take you home. So then they take a picture, click, click, and, and you know, it grows six months into later, another thing. Right? It's, that dude is boning your wife. He's been boning your wife, right? And now you've got dudes inside the party are ready to fight each other because there's been you know there's seeds of yeah. confusion that have the been lines. sown inside of the of the organization so it's um the fbi was 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 really good yeah uh Pro, counterintelligence program counterintelligence program was very outstanding real, in real. terms of that yeah well you know they did something else and not to stray too far from uh, judas and the black messiah right but between huey and eldridge mm-hmm Eldridge started a thing of he was what was it Papa Doc or something like that. Oh, this is so relevant. We get back to the movie. Don't worry. <laughs> okay, but but 
Eldridge started addressing party members in private messages about Papa Doc, about Papa. He was Papa. Okay. Huey, at the same time, was sending out communiques that talked about him being supreme servant. Right. Now, if you turn the, the clock back to Marcus Mosiah Garvey and W.B. Du Bois, Mm -hmm. W.B. in letters, and I'm not saying that these people wrote these letters. I'm saying that these letters were sent. In the name of. In the name of. So W.B. allegedly sent a letter to Marcus that talked about him being a gorilla. G-O-R-R-I-L-L-A. Allegedly. Uh Okay. Uh Marcus allegedly sent letters to W.B. talking about him being a faggot and blah, 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 blah. I have never heard any verification of that, mm-hmm. but I know from elders that were present in that time period that there was a um, the feds were able to feed a equal hatred, and nobody apparently invested the them. time yeah. invested the time and energy to verify it. Mm-hmm. Go forward sixty seventy years. And the same freaking thing happens with Eldridge Cleaver and Huey P. Newton. Right. Yeah. And the interesting thing to me was that for the Eldridge Huey stuff, neither one of them was actually in a position of power inside the party at that time. Eldridge was on the run. Right. Okay. Huey was damn near on the run. <laughs> right. And Elaine and others, Erica Huggins and others, right. they were the backbone. You know, and not saying they were guilty of anything or not guilty of anything, but saying the role they played. Right. You know, they were running the school. They were running the party organization. Um, Later, of course, Elaine had to escape with her life. Right. Okay. Oh, I saw her for Whole Foods the other day. Yeah. Great lady. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that is <laughs> it's interesting. It's interesting how some of the same tactics right. in terms of infiltration, yeah. flipping people like you, you made reference to. There were party members mm-hmm. who came under the sway of people who later were had been deemed to be agent provocateurs. Right. And a lot of the things that agent provocateurs can pull off is carried out by other members, not the provocateur. Right. Like, for instance, with the... Uh that once the, the the scene where they had the one guy whom they had uh, accused of being an agent provocateur and they killed the guy yeah right but the guy that actually killed him was the actual true agent provocateur exactly who was actually doing like a road tour and stopping it in every major Black Panther Party office so that they could get warrants in every single city office in every single city. Um, pretty pretty amazing uh, that they allowed this guy who had actually killed the guy right right to actually go around from from city to city to city specifically because now he's on the run and they're looking for him and they have a warrant for this guy and he's he's on the run and and they probably let that guy go he actually ended up probably well, yeah. walking with you know walk on, on a murder charge he walked yeah um wild wild uh, absolutely they were they you know the the the, the FBI you know, how can I say this? You know what I'm saying? Without getting myself in trouble. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? They just were some dirty, underhanded, 
you know, willing to do anything. Might as well to have been dealing ass. with the criminal in underworld. Yeah, yeah you might between have, that, the FBI well. and the CIA. Yeah, oh you know, I mean, just yeah. diabolical. Yeah, and very was, deliberate, very designed, oh, yeah. very intentional. Well, oh, yeah. I think the what was it? The COINTELPRO was elements of the Department of the Army or Defense, right? The FBI and the CIA, right? So all three, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, what I'm saying were being used. In fact. Hoover it's supposed was to be illegal to wiretap MF, Americans, right? You know, you know what I'm saying? To, 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 the CIA to isn't supposed to be doing it, jack shit inside in of the U.S. border. <laughs> exactly. Ha! Okay, right, yeah. Ha! Yeah. Ha! Yeah, but they were, but because they were, because they had this program that was a three, that was faceted by these three organizations, right? The Department of Defense, the CIA, and the FBI. One could switch over and say, "Oh, they, it wasn't us doing this; it was them doing this, right?" Coverage, and then yeah, yeah and they they mm-hmm. gave coverage. It was, um, you know, and to this day, it is still, uh, it is it is still, um, uh, you know, it's it's still being done. Yeah, right. Oh, you know, man. I was you know I was looking at, uh, you know, and not to take us too far away from the show, but you know, I was looking at. Uh, no, it's all relevant. Snowfall. Have you seen that yeah, show? Yeah, I love Ooh. Snowfall. You know what I'm I, it's, it's back on now. Yes, right, yes. Right. Snowfall is back. Uh, season three, is it? Or season four? I'm it's not three, sure. Three, three. Three? Yeah. Uh, Snowfall is back. But, you know, as I look at this show, right, I start to think to myself, why aren't all these motherfuckers in jail? Right? You know what I'm saying? I'm not, ta- I'm not talking about the dudes that were selling, the, you know, the, the, the Franklin Saints. Right, right. Right? I'm talking about the... the the, the, uh, the guys, the, the, the CIA work for, guys, yeah, the, the DEA, FBI, and the DEA so, folks, right? All those folks were bringing kilos of cocaine in specifically to destroy the black community, and then to utilize the money that was that was that Being was gained sold, off the black community right. to fund, right? To fund two wars, yeah, right? right? You know what I'm saying? To fund yeah. a war, you know what I'm saying? In Iran, to uh, Iran Iraq war, right? And, and then, then also to fund Nicaragua. the war against yeah, the, the countries in Nicaragua, right? And the president had. Full knowledge of this shit the whole time, you know. Saying, and these are the people that you know took those took those that, those monies, and then invested in the prison industrial complex, and took those monies, and put them into mutual funds, and took those monies, and, and are now investing, money. and are now investing in uh, in in, in uh, Trump twenty twenty four campaigns and shit like that, right? Can you believe that these motherfuckers are being allowed to walk around when we know for a fact, hmm. right? Yeah. Then we we know for a fact that that's what they did. It's about it's it's come down to the point where they go, yeah, okay, we did it, right? And they're still walking around without so see, being prosecuted. They're, they're walking around because they are more instrumental to the actual goals. Because I believe that both the Democrats and the Republicans is just two sides of the same coin. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. Some, yeah. So, but there's somebody until you start that's pulling holding, hairs. There's somebody that holds the coin. Exactly. It's not the faces on the coin. Right. Okay. Democrat, Republican. It's the person holding the coin. The person that minted the coin. Right. The person or persons, I should say, persons who right. are really calling the shots. Which is interesting. Right. Now, this so, is I'm going to so divert I'm a little is bit. You take out the coin. Right, you take out the coin, you 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 get closer to the person yeah. who who was you know who was holding the coin. And speaking yeah. of you know that an- analogy that you just gave, though, this is where when we look back in the last administration, where Putin and Trump was trying to be the holders and manipulator, particularly 
the puppets and the power yeah. behind Trump mm-hmm. to manipulate that coin because they went everywhere yeah. on every level from getting into uh, data and analytics yeah. and every way to manipulate what social thought and influence to do all that's just one level of manipulation they, level. They, but they're attacking all these yeah. areas yeah. to do what they need what they want to right, do right. by design it's all part of the design every tool well I, I, I think also based on what you're saying what I've said what Chris has said mm-hmm. something that I would advise our listeners to pay attention to you don't have to agree but you need to pay attention I believe that there's going to be some exposure in the next four years. Between now and 2024, if you pay attention, you're going to get little clues. Okay. Okay. Those clues are going to be be indicating some real power. Not Trump. Oh, no. Okay. Not McConnell. Not Biden. Not Kamala. None of them. Right, right. They all are actors. Sure, right. Mm-hmm. And if we pay attention, we will begin to see the mask slip. And you'll begin to see things like, look at the role of the International Monetary Fund. Mm. Look at the role of the tri- Trilateral Commission. Yeah. Look at the role of individual international agencies, agencies. who are always involved. The trilateral did a study in the 70s of creating the euro dollar. That didn't happen to the mid-90s. Correct. But everybody plugged into the trilateral was a part of that coming to materialization. Okay? We got to begin to stop looking at the publicly approved, certified, rubber-stamped officials. Right. And go that that extra foot deeper. Oh. We got to dive deeper. Right. And they can't do it without the international to... cooperation. They cannot do it and have, hold that power because it's got to be global. Got to be. It's got to be global. But you've got to start taking those motherfuckers out that are the visible ones. Because if you don't take yeah. out the visible ones, the invisible ones will never come to light. You know what I'm saying? You've got to take out those fuckers, you know what I'm saying, that... You know that that have a hand in it that can that can actually you can point to that motherfucker did that, and that motherfucker did that there, and that motherfucker was linked to that motherfucker. Well, we who need did the that. ones that and we then, see make them accountable. Once, but once you got those happening. dudes, you know, once you got those dudes, those motherfuckers, you start, you know, just it's like not just happening. like with Michael Cohen, you know what I'm saying? Like with Michael Cohen, Michael Cohen was a dirty motherfucker until he got caught, right? And then he started then he started snitching, right? Because he wanted to save his own life, right? You know what I'm saying? Believe me, you get enough Donald Trumps out there and you put them on trial and they, and, and it looks like they're about to go, guess what? He's going to start snitching. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's going to start snitching on who's really in charge. They st- st- I, you know I think that's one of the things. You know, Oliver North, another guy. What, you know one of the things floating in the background right now is that Trump has the Attorney General of the state of New York. Right. He's got the Southern District Office of the, um, yeah, the Justice Department. Justice Department. Or, yeah, I think it's the Justice Department. He also has the state of Georgia. And all of those are civil and criminal. Right. Pending. And they're all state. They're all based on state right. laws. Right. There is so no fucking pardon. pardon. 
Right. There's no commutation. Right. There's right. nothing. Immune to any federal oversight. You're going you gonna to ride this. Right. In that process, going back to what Chris said just a moment ago, mm-hmm. that is when the danger arises for the real powers right. that Trump will cave because he's a coward. Right. Exactly. You, you remember you remember when, when when they caught those motherfuckers on the Iran-Contra scandal and yeah. it was fucking Oliver North and they, they were like, Oliver North was a guy. Yeah, Oliver North was a guy, right? You know what I'm saying? And so so what happened? Oliver North said, hey, I was just following orders, right? All of a sudden, now all of a sudden, you ain't going to throw me under the, the good bus. Nazi. The right? good Nazi. I'm hey, a good Nazi. That's you know the what same saying? excuse but those capital insurgents are right? using. I was just following you, your president's orders. Right, and, and so, 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 so when they called Oliver North, then they, then they, then they had the whole Iran-Contra scandal, and they brought him forth. And he looked all good in his Marine Corps uniform. And yes. Did he break out the uniform? How can right. we forget? <laughs> right. But then, but then, who did <laughs> yes, they call after did. that? They called the guy who was the Secretary of Defense. You remember that guy? I can't yeah. remember his name. Because, you know, I can't remember. Johnny, I don't remember his name. Right? But let me tell you what happened to Johnny, I don't remember his name. <laughs> the day before that motherfucker was supposed to come into the Congress, the motherfucker had a stroke and died. Remember that shit? Yeah. Oh, isn't don't that, we? Isn't that convenient? Oh, is, how convenient don't is that? We. Is that convenient? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's how you catch the motherfuckers, right. right? You start getting the motherfuckers that are actually that are actually doing the shit. You can't let those guys get off. You know what I'm saying? You can't yeah. let well, anybody the levels, get away. The lower levels lead to the shot callers. Exactly. Seeing who who the mass media portrays as the shot callers yeah. are not the shot callers. Yeah. It's not Trump. It's not uh, uh, McConnell. It's not uh, Pelosi. It's not yeah. Biden, Harris. None of them yeah, people. No, no. They all get their orders, and I sincerely believe that they're getting their orders from the same source. Right? I'm saying that, you know what I'm saying? All I'm saying is that at the end of the day, right, people like in those positions, like whether it was Iran-Contra or it was, you know, or it was anything else. It was, you know, what we're, what we're dealing with today, you know, to include, you know, this this recent stuff that happened back in January. The people who were in COINTELPRO, Mm-hmm. Right. The people who were participants in COINTELPRO, who were doing all these illegal things, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. Um, who were sowing uh, uh, division and hate and everything else inside of our country that, yes. were, that were doing illegal things. Those people, I don't care how old they are. I don't care if you're 90 fucking five years old. If you're still alive, you need to be prosecuted for that shit. If you're 75, 74, whatever. Like the criminal underworld says, get in the tub of hot water. Get comfortable, slit your wrist, and bleed out. Okay? That's what those in the positions you're talking about. Right. That's, to me, all the best they can expect. Yeah. That's the best. Right. Okay. Let them do that shit. You know what I'm saying? I'm okay with with that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because you've done... You know what I'm saying? But look, <laughs> hey, break saying, your you foot, break right. your foot, kicking rock. Right, right. Shit. <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, you know, the you know, with regard to that show, uh, I you know, to show how low, you know, not only the FBI was willing to go, but how low individuals, mm-hmm. you know, what I'm saying, are willing to go against their own community. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, was 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 um, was was a sight to see. Uh, I wished I wished a little bit more that uh, they would have shown Fred Hampton. You know, and, and Fred Hampton, man, 
that guy, you know what I'm saying? Oh, my God. You know what I'm saying? I think he was more charismatic than even Huey in some ways. You know oh, no, saying? no. You know Way saying? beyond. You know, uh, you know. I because mean, he, he, he was 21 to, years old when he died. But he became president of that chapter of Chicago, I think, like at the age of yeah. 19. Yeah, yeah. He had been in position at least a couple of years yeah, in only terms of party two years. leadership. Just think what he could have done. Well, that but, sister, been around. That's why he's gone. I know. Rise, that, at that rise. prevent the rise of a black messiah, right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. January seventeenth, nineteen sixty nine, UCLA campus. The assassination of John Jerome Huggins, Bunchy Carter, right? And Al Prentice Bunchy Carter. Mm-hmm. Now, if you look at what was happening with the Panther Party across the country. In January 69, compared to December 69. In December 69 was when they raided the L.A. headquarters. Oh, yeah. Whole bunch of people murdered, prosecuted, prison, all that. Right. But in 68 and 69, there were assassinations that were very precise. Mm -hmm. Bunchy Carter was a real powerhouse yeah, I wonder what kind of guy he okay, was. Okay, because when he, 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 I have relatives that went to prison with Bunchy, and they got out together. And that's how I got exposed to the Panther So party. let me just back you up on that. So what years about do you think did Bunchy go to um, prison? Early 60s to 66, 67. Okay. Because the, the, somewhere in relationship to when the party marched on Sacramento, Mm-hmm. Okay. That was 67, June 67. Yeah. So somewhere in relation to that, I know that I joined the Panther Party, Southern California chapter, in the summer of 1968. I was 16. John Jerome Huggins was one of the leaders. Bunchy Carter was the other. Bunchy was definitely the front man. Okay. Bunchy had a lot more power than most of the other regional type leaders in the Panther Party mm-hmm. because when he left prison in 68, 66, I think it was 66, but right around there, when he left prison, he had three, 400 brothers on the street because oh. before he went to prison, he was leading that many or more. So he was the, the, the leader in L.A. He chapter. Yeah, no, no, I'm no. Not, no, no, the L.A. gang world. Oh, okay. Before. Pre-Crips? Before prison. Pre, oh, way All before. that, way okay. Way before the Crips. Right, right, right. Crips is like three generations down so the road, <laughs> okay? But I've always wondered that that was one of the earliest assassinations of party leadership in January 17, 1969. Hmm. How old was he when he died? Mid twenties. Okay. So they were killing. They were killing black leadership in its infancy. Rising. Yes. Rising. Rising black black messiahs. Okay. And John Jerome Huggins is was uh, was uh, Erica Huggins' partner, and they have. uh, I know they got a daughter. I'm not sure if there were other children, but that. When you look at the whole picture of the Black Panther Party and you look at what happened when, there was a brother in Texas that killed Carl, I think it was Hampton, Mm. but he was already leading an organization in Texas. And then he was folded into the Panther Party. Okay. And And they, they killed him 
either late 68 or early 69. Now, this is before everything was front page. Right. From, like, say, June 69 into, like, June 70. Mm -hmm. That was a whole nother period. And there was an accelerated number of, of murders, assassinations, party members missing. Just plain old missing. And party growth. And party growth. Mm. Yeah. See? And that's, I, it's always bothered me that people that I actually knew, yeah. talked to, mm -hmm. listened to, mm -hmm. mentored by, taught by, that they had to go so early. Because they were not, in January 69, they were not attacking Huey P. Newton, Bobby Seale, right. Big Man, a lot of the party leadership here in the Bay Area. Right. They were not in love with them, obviously, but they were used. They, they were they were sitting them up, right, for their later fall. Right, right, right. But meanwhile, they were assassinating in other people, places, rising. Right. So think about this now. The, even that that movie and so the against oh, Oakland. Okay, so so that movie, Judas, mm -hmm. Judas and the Black Messiah. So if you can imagine that uh, William O'Neill, right, was used. That was Chicago. Other people that they used and they had on the ground, they manipulated in these other yes. locations. Absolutely. It was Clearly. a systematic. Now, this is something that we, we, Amakar Cabral of PAIGC in Guinea-Bissau, a quote from him is, accept no easy victories. Don't celebrate easy victories. Find out why they were easy. Mm. Because they may have been planned for you to have a victory. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. And I think some of the things that the party is, is, um, was able to accomplish, I think they identified the actual key players, and they took them out. Because Carl Hampton in Texas, John and Bunchy in L.A. Um, Fred in well, Chicago. Fred in Chicago. Uh, Lil Bobby Hutton. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Now, Lil Bobby Hutton was, to some people, a kid. But... He was one of the earliest members of the Panther Party and was held in high, 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 high esteem, way beyond the other individual that was with him the night he was murdered, hmm. Eldridge Cleaver. Mm -hmm. mm. You know, yeah, and, like, and not taking like away. the third member, right? He was yeah. Like, it, was, it, yeah. Was Bobby, it, was, it was Bobby, it was Huey, and it was Lil Bobby. Lil Bobby. Lil Bobby. Lil Bobby Hutton. Those three. But Bobby Hutton, no matter, the enemy saw the potential rising right? and knew if we don't make a move Who's soon, next in line. if we don't make a move soon, the current stars won't matter because the real strength of the party was regional. Right. The Southern California chapter did not have many of the issues here in the Bay area where, which was the, the home base, the foundation. They identified where, to expect real problems developing. Mm -hmm. I remember Jerry Dumphy, a news reporter. Yeah, with the gray silver hair. hair. Yeah. Jerry Dumphy interviewed, interviewed John, but he couldn't get an interview with Bunchy. Hmm. And John, what John did, John was very clear about why he was be give, being given access to the media. Okay. Because Jerry Dumphy was the boy. Yeah, he was. He was, he was top a, ranking. He was a golden boy he of broadcast. Well, the gray-haired boy. Yeah, yeah the gray-haired, <laughs> the silver fox. The silver the, fox. Uh, uh, yeah. But John knew 
and there were extensive meetings and deliberations around what he would say. And then once they found out that they would not be interviewing Alprentis Bunchy Carter, because John and Erica came from New Jersey. I think New I think, Jersey. I think it was New yeah, Jersey. New Jersey, Connecticut, New Jersey, something like something that. Like that. Mm-hmm. But they were transplants. Bunchy was black L.A. through and through. He was known by multiple generations. He was known that when he came out of prison, a whole wing of black men came with him. And it was like, no, we're not doing an old, that's that's old old criminal shit. Mm -hmm. We got some new shit to do. (laughs) And that potential, they, I mean, that's why the, the, um, the Black August movement founded inside the prison walls, Mm -hmm. that's why it was so dangerous. That's why George Lester Jackson was a field marshal. That's why. Oh, uh, yeah, George Jackson. Yeah. See, we, people forget, right. it, you know, that. And see, then you got to look at George and then his, his brother, Jonathan. Because Jonathan took what his brother taught and, and implemented it. it. Yeah. And implemented it. Like, I'm coming to get my brother and them out of the joint. Mm-hmm. And I'm coming up in your house. Mm-hmm. And I'm taking people. And we're going to get them or, or you're going to kill us all. And that's where Angela Davis came in. Right. See, and they, they couldn't, she had bought one shotgun that they actually had evidence of. Remember okay. the picture? Isn't there a picture the of her holding her. that shotgun, looking out the window, Angela Davis? No. Seems like no. there's a picture of her. Okay. There, well, there, there, no, there's some pictures, mm-hmm. but, you know, she was with the uh, CPUSA, Communist Party of the United States of America, Shayla Mumba Club. Yes. Okay. Uh, Shayla Mumba was much more active, well, I think, much more active in Southern Cal than they were up here. Okay. Okay. And it was, it was, I think it was a conscious decision, but nonetheless, nonetheless, they, I think our enemy very, very carefully analyzed where the, the real threats were. That's why Huey wasn't assassinated. If you look at how, if you look at Huey and you look at Bobby Seale, Remember the Chicago trial? Mm-hmm. Yes. Where he was chained to the chair <laughs> yeah. in the cla- ca- uh, courtroom. Bound. That was actually Gagged in a movie recently. Yeah, yeah. Chicago 7. Chicago oh, yeah, 7. Right. Chicago mm-hmm. 7. But when see, they called it the Chicago 8, he just happened to be in town it, on that day. He had nothing to do with it. Yeah, he had nothing to do with it. He was no. like, no, what the hell I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I just came to speak at this other black country. But they just threw him on in there. I'm here handling my business. I'm right. not, I ain't right. got nothing to do with that over there. Right. And that right. means y'all's war. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But that's the thing that I think a lot for our community is most disturbing is that not enough of us know how our enemy was thinking. So therefore, we missed the boat when trying to arrive at an understanding. Yes. Right. Why certain people were assassinated when they were assassinated. Yeah. See, and by the time they got to Brother Fred and Mark, they was at the end of a campaign. It wasn't the beginning. The mm. beginning was actually 67, early 68. Mm. Then January 69, they kicked it off. And that whole year, assassinations, 69. disappearances, right. murders, blah, blah, blah. Um, the lady that was uh, um, burning down all the all the party houses, 
Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. You know, just, yeah. I mean, attacks surrounding people, you know what I'm saying? Just, oh, yeah. You know, just, I mean, they were just like walking up and just like, they see, that's a Black Panther office and they just fire that shit up. They and just, they didn't oh, care yeah. about just the neighborhood, the community, everybody said witness. Well, it's, it's, it's your fault. And then Southern California, that was live on TV. The whole what thing. What they did in LA. Yeah, the whole thing. And that, that was another agent provocateur. Okay. People say it was Maulana Karenga. Yeah. Oh no. wow. No. Yeah. They, 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 they was, they, Karanga was funded. Yeah. Ford Foundation. They did have a fleet of Toyota Land Cruisers and Ford sedans. Mm. Okay. So they had the indicia of being used right. against us. But was more United Slaves, was that what it was? Yeah, US, us, United Slaves. Yeah. But at the mm. same time that was happening, what I believe the the the, the enemies gathered to do was cultivate a lot of suspicion because Karanga had his own issues. See, he was prosecuted for slavery, prostitution, other shit like that, of women, of girls that I went to high school with. His headquarters was across the street from Crenshaw High. Wow. So I I knew actual he people. He was a motherfucker. Okay, straight up, straight up. <laughs> yeah. He was. Um, Mr. Kwanzaa. Yeah, but but see that came back dignified. But, but see that the, right. well the the Kwanzaa thing, which came long before all this other shit. Right. The Kwanzaa thing is another example to me of how we have to be more determined, more analytical, because I know what role he played, but I also know that he did some shit, just like with Huey P. Newton. Huey P. Newton did some monster shit. Yes, he did. You talking about a black man being received as head of state Mm. of a government in exile Mm. in the United States. China, North Korea, Cuba, on and on and on. Okay? Mm -hmm. So we cannot take that from them. They did some things. Right. Karanga, Newton, a number of others. Even even, even Papa, elders. Okay. Okay? Mm -hmm. But then we're confronted with their realities. And each one of them has some very ugly realities. Yes, they did. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that's recently the, the, the recognition of um, at Ninth and Campbell. Of, oh, yes. Uh, the, that was recent. In relation to Huey P. Newton. Yes. Now, I'm not sure. I could be wrong. But I believe. That was the location or the area where he was killed. That's right where he was killed. Yeah, he was okay. shot in the head right there. Yeah. Okay. And he was shot in the head but trying to do a... But it was a drug a, deal, wasn't it? A cocaine transaction. Right. right. He was trying to. He was basically trying to shake down a guy that was working the corner. Yeah. And said, hey, you need to break yourself for the revolution, bro. And that's the, he used to do that to dudes down there. And they'd be like, this is fucking Huey, man. What the fuck am I supposed to Here, man, just take it. You know what I'm saying? He, he, would, he was shaking dudes down. He... That wasn't the first dude he shook down. Oh, no. He was shaking it. He would come and take a whole dude's package. You know, the dude's whole package and be like, yeah, you know, this is for the revolution, bro. The sad thing about you know it is go smoke it. going back to, we talked about Nicaragua. We talked about, uh, 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 what's his name? The the uh, general, not the general, but. Uh, Oliver North. Oliver North. Yeah. And we, t- we were talking about the cocaine. So when you look at the organizations, and wasn't that around the transitioning time? Yeah. That, that on the other tail end, was the introduction and the influx of cocaine of in course. the community. Well, but know, look, yeah. Freeway Rick. Right. Freeway Rick said, look, he said, man, I went to pick up, and the dude started pushing the 
product across the table. Like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. How much do you think I'm getting? He's like, what the fuck? Right. He's getting more you can take. He said, look, I'm I'm hot, but I ain't that fucking hot, baby. You know, he said, but then, he said, that was for Rick. That's when Rick began to look deeper Mm. and say, now, what would possess you to push a million dollars worth of cocaine across the table to me for a week? Hmm. One week. Right. And I know, I know out here we done That's got them fired up. For a week. And they smoking and eating and snorting and doing everything <laughs> else they can with it. Right. But a million right. is a lot, motherfucker, right. in seven days. Right. Well, you know, we could go to five million, uh, blah, 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 blah. Whoa, 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 whoa. Right. He, he said that was when he first began to suspect right. that he was a pawn. Mm. He yeah. was thinking. He was See, thinking. Oh, yeah. And that, that's why he got out of prison. Because he wrote a book, went to prison. Was supposed to be in there a long time, okay? Yeah, probably supposed, still supposed to be there, probably. But, but if not forever. Yeah. Right. Or die up in there. Right, because there was dudes. That's still there. That I know that are just getting out right. in Oakland. Right. That didn't have, that was getting shit from him. Right. You know what I'm saying? But when he challenged their you know? court case and began to bring in uh, documents that substantiated the relationship of all the Oliver Norris and the, the, the uh, Contras in Nicaragua yeah. and, and that whole nefarious scheme and that his role in it was I was making money for them to fund their shit. Right. And not have to ask Congress for a damn thing. Fuck y'all. Yeah. We we wow. generate we, we, we generate we, we got away. We got we, this. We got enough we don't even money need to bring this past your we, way. We, we, we don't we have to talk to you. Yeah. I don't even have to say hi. Yeah. This is a goddamn shame cuz all of this shit is related. It you is. Know what I'm and I'm just wondering what fucking game they're playing on us fucking right now. Yeah. That we well, don't even aren't exactly. even aware of. It's just right? an extension. That's the thing, man. It's, it's an true. You know, of what the game are they doing right now that we're just like, oh, da, 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 da. We well, that's how know, they. But they. Right? That's how they want us. And, you know, twenty yeah. years from now we'll be like, yeah, and in nineteen, you know, in twenty twenty. See, what but was going the same on thing was, that you right? said, Ali. Though, so. The distractions is always by design, too. So right now, just like with all that Trump bullshit, yeah. that was even further distraction. But we know Trump has some other shit and going the COVID on. Shit. Whoever don't is me, the flipper of the coins. Well, see, whoever, whoever holds the coin, the two-sided Democrat slash Republican coin, right. whoever holds that coin is the one doing that, flipping it side to side. Right. Oh, oh, it's Trump today. Oh, tomorrow you'll right. be pissed at Biden. And, mm-hmm, then mm-hmm, Kamala, mm-hmm. and then it'll be Kamala, and then it'll be, and then it'll be, and then it'll be. But meanwhile, we got you distracted. The, the overarching strategy, right, is it's happening. It's un- unraveling all under under your feet, control. over your head. That's all includes. I'm saying, man. That's that's the reason why it's like you know you look at what's happening with the COVID shit. You look at what's happening yeah. with the economy. You look at what's happening with these fucking humongous fucking bills of you know 1.9 trillion dollars. You know we are 20. Right. Something we're gonna be like twenty five, twenty six, twenty seven, twenty trillion dollars in debt. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, with no way to fucking pay it back, right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying, and when all this shit starts to unravel, well, then right? that's why they're unconcerned, right? Because they plan on, I mean, just just, you know, just take one element 
of the so-called COVID-19 strategy, right? Yeah. What, how do capitalists benefit from shutting down mom and pop and locally owned, regionally owned and controlled businesses, but the corporate class? Yeah. They had actually 47 new trillionaires. They consume. Okay. I mean, they, they consume, right. but so, they capitalize but, but on the, on this. The, the the ground level, I don't think we'll ever see. We don't get to catch up. Right. I don't we think don't we'll do ever nothing. see businesses in in Oakland or Detroit, Riverside, L.A., Pomona, on and on and on and on. They're never going to reach the levels that they could have reached. Yeah. They'll never be at the level design. they were by design. Design. Because... If I plan on changing shit radically, then I've got to change the economic circumstances. First. Exactly. Right. So us they they knock off the fifteen dollar an hour uh you know minimum every, wage. Oh no, we're not gonna have that. No, uh uh-uh. uh. You know what I'm saying? We're that everybody said they support it. Right. Oh we're gonna we're, oh this is what we're gonna do. Democrats, this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna give everybody fifteen dollars an hour. Now all of a sudden it's like, man, no, we're not gonna do that. You know? That $1.9 trillion package, that was part of that. Yeah. Right? But they took that shit out. In order to pass it, they had to take that out. And they had to drop that that uh, unemployment. 400 to 300. Yeah. Down to 300. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because we want them. We but then want they don't want to give away you, no money. We want to keep you a few millimeters short of surviving. Right. Just, just, a, just administration of poverty. Tied to an ultimate end. See, and I i mean, a lot of these businesses out here, they'll never, they won't be in business. But think about it. So this is the way Wall Street works, and this is the way capitalism works, and this is the way uh, coin flipping works in control. Uh, it's you you chew up and swallow up or, or bull up the, the opportunities mm. when everybody else is scrambling on the coins. Right. When, when everything's dropping, when you know they can they can buy up, yeah, you know when 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 the economy flips and it's hard for everybody else, the capitalists and the power can buy up more power. Well, they can make more deals, mm-hmm. negotiate more, while everybody else you're just ass out. And and the businesses they buy up, they have no intention of capitalizing ever, ever. Fries, an electronic yeah. consumer store, mm-hmm. now. Fries was they one of their leaders said he was told by major sources of capital just get out the best you can. Because hmm. we're not gonna finance. Just get out. And and Fries has you know, they've stumbled along the way, but yeah. Fries had targeted a pretty good market. Right, they did. And they weren't in competition with Office Depot or other companies that did Best similar buy. stuff, Best Buy. They, they weren't competing with none of them. The people that there was their real audience kept going to fries. Right. And there were a lot of the self-makers and doers. Yeah, and yeah do-it-yourself people. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. the, 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 the guy that's an engineer, he may, not even, own computer. he may not even yeah. work as an engineer. Right. right. But he has the skills. And the hobbyist. To sell. Right. Maybe he sells 500 computers a year right. that he builds. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Custom bills for people. So, but they, I really think that part of what we're, we're waiting to see 
we can begin to see if we look a little deeper at what's happening now. Because Fry's, Sears, several others. Radio Shack. Radio Shack, several others. J.C. Penney's. J.C. Penney's, yeah. Toys R Us. Yeah. (laughs) A lot of them are going under, and it doesn't really fit the so-called classic capitalist tradition of how, you know, a major player in an industry area goes under. Right. You know, they're not burning up money, okay? There have been people that they've been selling to up to the day you closed them. Yeah. Like Fry's. That's true. I mean, Fry's made an announcement. I think it was a Wednesday. And Friday, the shit was gone. Is Fry's gone? Oh, it's gone. It's over, buddy. Dang. They I was just shut... over there like three months ago. They, <laughs> they done, look, that, but see, that, that, that's okay. That's crazy. Wow. That's, that's when you know that it fits into a bigger picture. Yeah. Because wow. who in the world, if you were at my store 90 days ago, and you come back and I'm not there. It's like, yeah. what the fuck did Ali do? Good damn. <laughs> I mean, I, I know Christ. I know he could be radical, but fuck. I was here. <laughs> wow. I spent dollars. I got products. Yeah. And crazy. nobody replacing them in the industry. No. See, yeah. and that that's no. another key factor to keep an eye on. And they were empty too, now that I think about it. Yeah. They were like empty. Sears? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Sears was one of the oldest retailers in the country. Of course. It was the oldest Ford. Okay. They older, used to do shit. Yeah. Older. Yeah. Because they yeah. used to do shit Sears strictly by mail. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I think, didn't they used to do uh, prefabricated houses that you could order? Yeah, they used to do that too. Like yeah. in, the, in like early Robot. 1900s. Yeah. yeah. The 1800s. Yeah. 1800s. They've been, they've been around since the 1800s. Yeah. They've been around before the vehicle. Definitely. They were. They oh, were, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They were, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. they were. They were doing stuff like with, with you know, Wells Fargo. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, when the post office delivered shit by wagon. Right. Yeah. And shotgun. Yeah. Not cars. <laughs> right. Trucks. Yeah. yeah. They didn't have that shit. Yeah. Wagon and shotgun. Right. <laughs> Make sure they was shooting off with Indians to carry that mail. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I, I really, coming back to Judas and the Black Messiah. Yes. Mm. I think it's a good opportunity for people to take whatever this state of knowledge is now and grow it. Right. I think that that's what that film was about. I think I don't think that film was there to tell you everything you needed to know well, about that time It period. didn't even scratch it, the surface. That shit could have been a fucking series. If you, if yeah. Had, if, if, if they turned it could have been a snow There's snow a good fall. idea for another It show. is a, a good you know idea. About the, about, the, about the party. And, and but a, you know or, what? The fear, the black, I think, around movement. in getting that fi- funded because where do people go to fun- get things funded? I hate to say it. And I'm not... Knocking this community, but they'll go. They look for Jewish money, for big money. Well, oftentimes, the that, that the handle the big money in the movie industry, right? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I mean, shit. I, I, I mean, it would be a great investment this. to do something like you know that. Probably Ryan put his own money up. I wouldn't be surprised. Oh no, he you did. Yeah, Ryan. Yeah, he had to put yeah. together. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Snowfall, same thing. I mean, you know, Singleton had Singleton. Singleton put that. Singleton put that together, and then what happened? Right. The motherfucker died. How about yeah, that? Yeah, that's just heartbreaking. The timing, because I hate to say it, because even this Ooh, series, this stroke. this this Ooh. new, yeah, this uh, <laughs> easily administered, easily administered, right? I know, yeah. But you know, and, and this series even isn't the same quality. Whoever is leading and directing, it's not doesn't have as touch to well, me. Yeah, well, you know what though, to me, it doesn't. And but at the same time. You have to realize, you know, what I'm saying the time period. You know, what I'm saying there was yeah, a, there I small do. intricacies right. of when it first started, uh, 1984, right, to where it is now, where we're in like 86, 87. 
right? Did it start in 84 or a little earlier? It started in 84. It was right before the Olympics, right? It was the, 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 the very first season was right before the oh, Olympics. okay. You know what I'm saying? And how the Olympics were coming into the city yeah. and how the city was growing and all the other things that were happening and there was great possibility. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> and then as it started to grow, the crack started to happen. In but the thing is, the crack crack was all around before the L.A. Olympics well, because they had, basing, the the, they had to clean up the they had to clean up the street. You had the, you had the freebasing and then you had crack. Right. Crack. You know well, yeah, it was a whole nother level. Yeah. It, was it, it broke down. Eighty-six. Okay. You know I can okay. remember coming out of high school. Okay. And and leaving Danville, and then moving to Oakland, right, and seeing these two beautiful girls on the porch. <laughs> Right, whose mother wouldn't let them come out the house. <laughs> right, right, not even right? the house. You know what I'm saying? They were like Puerto Ricans or something, right? Mm-hmm. They were fine, uh-huh. right, <laughs> right. Would that change you when you came back? And then, and then, like somebody going, "Hey, you heard a crack?" And I go, "No, nah, I never heard a crack." Right? And then, like you know, like two, three months later, they sit on the corner going, "Hey, baby," and I'm going, "What? Wait, you? <laughs> no, like like that girl in Snowfall, huh? Right? I was like, "Oh my <laughs> gosh!" You know what I'm saying? They was, they was just uh. Just totally, it's a total flip. Talk it, about flip of the coin. What is that? What you call it? Y'all hoes now? <laughs> <laughs> and they was like, yeah. And I was like, look, I got $35. And they was like, okay. And I was like, <laughs> I got like $12.99. Crack is like, wet. We'll take the 99 cent. And I was like, really? <laughs> <laughs> Y'all gonna give me nine more, ten more chances? Right. <laughs> ten more rounds. <laughs> no, but, uh, <laughs> we're getting back okay we get, we're in our goofy stage now loving it loving it right. <laughs> crack is whack yeah but i mean but seriously i mean from from the from the the snowfall snowfall perspective yeah um you know i think that where where singleton went with that was even though it, it seemed like it wasn't really as well produced or whatever is that he went from like you know he went from like the moment where the you know, the, the explorers came over, right, um, with the show, right? The explorers oh. come over, you're getting your feet wet, you're, mm-hmm. you know, introduced to the Indians and the natives and everything, you get off the boat, right? And then, you know what I'm saying, it's supercharged by, by season four, and season four, you know. Three. Or three. Damn, it's only been three seasons? Only three. Damn. Season three, you know, you know, it's the wild, wild west, right? You know, I mean, yeah. you know. Yeah. Everybody's gunslinging and everybody's against each other, and you got gangs, and you know what I'm saying, and they're and they're you know they're formulating their factions. Uh, you know, people are getting a lot of money uh, on their own, so no longer is Franklin Saint the guy, right? Right now, you have all these other guys who have actually made money, right? Off of right. being his underlings, and he can no longer control right. them, right? And but when they can't get the, the good quality, <laughs> and then you got all these other ones that are making up, and maybe this is where the beginning of crack came in because the quality wasn't there and they started getting their supply and it was bad. People on the street started complaining. Right. You know, they started breaking well, down. Also, have, also, people started triple whacking. Right, so exactly. They, I, I got a package. Right. It will say 75%. When I finished with it, it was 12%. Then when right. I sell it, and you had to smoke three, four motherfucking cracks, you know, the, the little pieces. Right. Yeah. And it's like, I ain't really... Right. Then motherfuckers started selling ivory soap. <laughs> and getting Straight shot. Mama, remember that? Motherfuckers yeah. doing that? And, you know, people getting shot over that shit. I'm you know sure. I remember, I remember an homeboy that did some shit like that. I think he was a crackhead, you know what I'm saying? But I think he had carved up some ivory soap and sold it to somebody right. on the street, and then they finally caught up with his ass and killed him because he was... 
because he had sold him some crappy shit, and they was like, "Nigga, is you crazy? I just worked three thirty-five an hour for twelve hours to get this soap." Okay. Besides, the my breath was fresh. That was no. That was probably selling real flour and real baking soda. Right. It was, yeah. It was crazy. <laughs> it was. It was. I'm telling you, man. It was a wild, wild west. I remember there were these, these two cats that lived on my block, and they were, they were, they were, they were, they were little thugs anyway. But at some point, they started selling it, right? And they lived down the house, down the street, and in a house with their mom, right? And they were, um, you know, they were like twin brothers or something like that, and they were just, you know, they were some little roughnecks already. <clears throat> and they got to a point where they actually started like running the block and they started having fools hanging out on the front porch and you know and they they had they, what they call high beams on they yeah. you know what I'm saying <laughs> they were selling it but then they started smoking it too oh you know what I'm saying and they oh. were you know what I'm saying and I mean it got so crazy man that their mama was buying it from them and they was oh. I was like man you selling crack to your mama you going to hell yeah you know what I'm saying like and you in hell you just yeah. don't realize it yet. yeah you going to hell boy you know what I'm saying are, are you serious I couldn't even believe that you know what I'm saying kick, kick, I saw them kick their mom in the ass because she didn't have the money to pay her and I was just like oh my gosh this is this was breaking up families it but was a it, terrible yeah because you know that was in every city that happened yeah. all over America it was, right it was it was terrible. That was Small, bad. medium, and large. Right, yeah. right. Was... Well, you know, I want to get back to, uh, you know, because we can really break down snowfall. Yeah. You know, yeah, we have really got to do a dive. Yeah. That's a whole yeah. nother one. Yeah. But I want to get back to uh, Judas and uh, Black the Black Messiah. Messiah. And because there's just so much there in the character. So from the, the voice, and it appears that w- once you step away from that movie, that it was more on kind of like gave you a real perspective and the insight on the side of William O'Neill and his interaction with the FBI more so than it was about oh, Fred Hampton. That's where I was going to, that's where, that's where I want to go. Cause mm. I mean, cause the truth is, is that, you know, Fred Hampton was such a unique character, um, such a unique figure in history. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was ready to die. You know what I'm saying? That's what things, one of the things that people don't remember so much about him. And when you look at some of his rhetoric, when you actually go on like old YouTube videos and watch old Fred Hampton videos, he was like, I already know I'm getting ready to die. I already know y'all going to get me. I already know that I'm lined up to be killed. So I'm going to go ahead and do what I can do right now, right, while I'm alive, to go ahead and get this done. We are the vanguard of the revolution. You can kill the revolutionary, but you can't kill kill the the revolution. revolution. Right. Um, And he was such a politician. He was such a good politician. Mm. He was, I mean, you know, there was a scene that they had in there with him, uh, which which I really... uh, found a great amount of love for there was a scene in there where uh where he walks in and there was another uh, faction of uh of a black power movement I yeah, can't remember, yeah, a black yeah, yeah. Gang. yeah they all had berets on yeah and they weren't black berets i think they were green berets or bl- yeah. red i can't mm-hmm. remember what color it was no the faction right was that the name of yeah it was yeah. another faction and those guys were jealous in some way uh, they, yeah. they couldn't stand him they were like yeah you suck da, 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 da. we feed more people than this and we do more than that mm. we do. he says man that's great man maybe we could join you you know right. what I'm saying maybe we could be a part of your shit right. but you know what I'm saying the truth of the matter is if you come and be a part of ours right we can have a group we can have a group that's so large that's a greater leadership though yeah. that's a real leadership yeah. it's I mean, not about the pettiness yeah he subsumed their leadership and to a point where where they were like oh man look alright here here we are you know what I'm saying? It got, came to a point. They came down and burnt down his building, and the other dudes came and said, "Hey, look, we want to help you 
you know, paint your place and, you know, hammer it and nail the place and, and, and clean it up because they kind of realized this dude is the real deal. He's not, it wasn't about his own pride. It wasn't about him as an individual. Mm-hmm. It wasn't about, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't about his, <clears throat> you know, his, his mantra. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. about the movement. It was about the revolution and it was about whatever we need to do to bring ourselves to get into that point of revolution. And, you know, equally as important, one of the other things was is that he brought a face to the Black Power, mm. Black Power and Black Panther mm. movement that was no longer just about Black people because he he welcomed all the white people and the Hispanics oh, yeah. and the Mexicans and the yeah. Asians and they were all standing up there with him, right? So it was like, oh God, that's where they was really scared. They what that's what made them scared was that he was he. Created a, he was the one who created the Rainbow Coalition, right? Yeah. Mm. The Rainbow Coalition was at Jesse Jackson. He was ahead, way ahead of the National Party leadership. <clears throat> yes, way ahead in terms of concretely being able to mobilize relationships, right, outside the Black community. Yes, for the Black Panther yes. Party, with no loss of respect. Right. Yes. They, they're right. like, look, he can. I, I'll do what he says. Right. Fuck. White people was down with the Black Panthers and was ready to go and burn down. White people was ready to go and burn down the federal building, along with Asians and Mexicans and the rest of everybody else. I mean, the, the fact of the matter was that the community at large was actually getting behind the Fred Hampton message. He mobilized people. Absolutely. He was a really true leader. But, you know, also but being able to recognize, like you were saying, the faction. When they finally recognized that he was a real leader and said, you know what, we don't have it like that. You know, I, let me just step aside and let him step up. That's like uh, Bobby Bird of the famous flame saying, let me step aside and let James Brown go and lead. He the leader. Who am I kidding? I don't have that. And I can bring out the cape. Yeah. <laughs> every time he kneels down on stage. That's right. Right. He was able to do what the military defines his leadership. Exactly. The, the ability to influence others by means of purpose, direction, and motivation. And he what was, a threat. It was, I mean, it was absolutely what a threat spot is on. And he didn't have any training. Yeah. It was just in him. It was natural. Yeah. It was, it was just, natural which, born leader. It wasn't on him, it was in him. Natural born what, leader. What generates even more fear yes. in your enemy because if you got it by training, they can kill your trainers. So they won't train nobody else. Right. But if you're naturally born with it, if it just erupts and arises, what the fuck are you going to do with that? Kill it, quick. How did, he, <laughs> how did he learn all that? How did he learn about the power of numbers? How did he learn about the ability to organize? How did he learn? You, you know, you, you wonder, you know what I'm saying? You know, like a Barack Obama was manufactured, right? You know what I'm saying? But a Fred Hampton was just born. Yeah. Right? You know well, what I'm saying? But, but see, even with Obama, there was a certain level. Yes, of raw, yeah, of raw. Yeah, that yeah, there. absolutely. You have to they undeniably identified it and, and manipulated, cultivated, cultivated, it. cultivated it. it with 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 Fred. I mean, you imagine it was twenty one. But wait, you imagine if the really Panthers, nineteen? Nineteen. Yeah. If the Panther Party had been a twenty or thirty year old organization, mm, yeah. oh gosh, with a certain track record, and you get a Fred at nineteen. Oh my gosh! You're looking at a whole different arc, <clears throat> right? Right. A whole different trajectory, yeah. Right. Absolutely. Than what happened. 
Oh, but they stunned it that group. Leader of whatever this country would be called. They ended it (laughs) after the revolution, if he survived it. Of course. I mean, you know, amazing. So one of the things I did want to uh, talk about, though, but uh, the actual the the actors and their performances, we touched upon. um, uh, I want to say Lakeith. Lakeith. Yeah. Lakeith Slant Stanford. Lakeith Stanford. Stanford. Yeah. So he was so committed. Uh, In fact, I listened to another podcast uh and there were a couple of interviews he was on the breakfast club mm-hmm. as well as uh Kahlua yeah and Kahlua. and also uh Shaka is it yeah he, they were all you know on different sit, sit settings on breakfast club mm-hmm. but uh particularly with Lakeith he was so committed to the role that he questioned himself he said he, he never knew what a panic attack was while he was sitting in uh on in his trailer during you know before scene and makeup and he said he started just uh, really his mind was messing with him. It's like, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? You know, he started questioning himself, you mm-hmm. know, in this in the role. He said because initially he told uh, the producers that he didn't want that role when he realized right, right, right. Who, what he was. And yeah. he was a snake and, and you know, yeah. a rat and all that. <clears throat> he didn't want to do that. He said he wanted to make a difference. He wanted to do something that really empowered the people for the movement. And, you know, but, you know, we had a talk and he had a discussion. He had to step away. And finally, he was convinced that, you know, he says, well, you know, there is, he said, because initially he saw when he started really examining it, and Neil was fucked up, but he really did admire uh, uh, Hampton. Yeah, right. He yeah. really did look up to him. There was a part of him. So he had to look into this role and the character and bring out these other parts and components because he couldn't stand them either. If you think about yeah, it, you, yeah. you know, you, you can't stand them. He couldn't stand himself. He couldn't stand himself. Yeah. It, it was, it, you know, it was amazing. Cause like I said, the, the, the guy was so conflicted inside, you know what I'm saying? That, you know what I'm saying? Lakeith brought that out. He really brought he that confliction. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Even the part where, you know, there was, a, there was a portion where he had a dream and that dream was where he walks into one of the Black Panther offices and it's been ransacked. And then he hears a gun behind him, click. And then you see the person standing behind him, and it's him. Yeah. Right? You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, you, you, it was like, wow. It was like, you know, right. him dressed up like Dick Tracy. You know, I can't stand myself. I can't stand myself. I'm, I'm killing myself. Right. You know, um, pretty amazing. But but Daniel Kaluuya. Well, well okay. Well, let me just make this one statement about what I heard in the podcast okay. uh, on mm-hmm. Lakeith. But when he said he started having panic attacks, he jumped up out of the the, the chair when, while doing the makeup and ran, just ran. Yeah. He said because he was so troubled from yeah. you know just consuming this role and this person that it had him questioning him. It was what am the I doing? Was conflicted, it was so conflicting it to him. For him. Yes, and now getting to uh, Kalua, yeah. he talked about uh, Lakeith and his role. He said the one person on the set that. Really, he he really everyone had really embraced this the roles that they were playing the whole story. Yeah. But Lakeith, it was clear, invisible, where this really got deeper under yeah. his on a deeper level yeah. under his skin. And you the know, sister, psychologically, the, the psych- about how it, it did the same thing to her. Wow, the one that yes, played, the played uh, the wife played Fred's him. wife. Okay, right. Fred Junior's mama. Right. right. I mean, so much yeah. so that you would need in in if I'm, I'm if I'm not correct, if I heard this correctly, that there was some therapy oh, sessions yeah. needed. Yeah, huh? I would be surprised. Psychological. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that you know, playing a role like that just uh, 
you know, you know, British actors <laughs> need to stop taking up all our shit. <laughs> But okay, Idris and the rest good. of y'all. Well, they did do they're damn good. good. Oh, now you know what I'm now let's talk about Kalua because this is what I heard and you I know. watched this and you, you know, could you know the guy from the guy from Snowfall. Yes, he's British. That's a right. British guy. Yeah. And guess what? Yeah. Uh, did you ever watch Atlanta? Yeah. There's a character, okay, the one that's the big big boy or bear or whatever he is. Yeah, yeah, uh, Paperboy. Paper, Paperboy. He's I think from he's, England. I think he's from England. Oh, yep. Yeah, he is. Yep. <laughs> you know what? These dudes, man. They get our accents. They got our, it down. They, you mean they probably smell like our fried chicken and everything, right? You know, so I don't and hair grease, right? They be wearing, you know, they be putting Dixie Peach in their hair, all kind of stuff, right? Well, you know, you got to absorb it. So this is what Kalua you know? said on the Breakfast Club. I just saw this this morning. I just watched a little bit of it, and he said. You know, because that was a question that Charlemagne had for him. It's like, you know, so how is it, you know, you dudes, I mean, you know, do this. I mean, you know, you sound like brothers. You take the role and this, that, and the other. And he says, he said, well, you know, wait, wait a minute, man. It's really like this, okay? You really just have to absorb, you know, you absorb the character. You have to remove yourself and <laughs> you absorb the character. You absorb everything, their thoughts there, you know, the way they eat. You, you just let everything about you, you erase. Let it go. Let it go. And, you know, and just, um, you know, from the thoughts, the fear, the paranoia, all of that. And, and I mean, as an actor, and so uh, the the Blasian girl on Breakfast Club, she said, kept saying, well, um, is that what you call method acting? No, no, no. And he explained method acting is that you consume it that all day long people call you by that name. That's all right, you do. You right. just like, this is you. Role he said, play. no, no, no. Yeah. It's, it's- no, playing. it's more than no. Nothing's more beyond role playing. You actually wake up every mm-hmm. moment of the day. You, right. Eddie Murphy you know, used to do that. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I had a, I had a girlfriend who actually used to date one of Eddie Murphy's bodyguards. Okay. Right. Okay. And they, he used to live back in, um, New Compton. Jersey. No, I'm, co- I'm he joking. He lived back in New Jersey. Yeah, he did. And, 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 <laughs> and he, she flew out to New Jersey with him, hung out, whatever, blah blah. And she said, if you wanted to stay in the house. Right, you had to get with it. You had to get with what Eddie Murphy was with, right? And basically, that was that brother used to get his oh ass whatever up in the morning, he's whatever he's doing. And nobody said shit to him, okay, until he said good morning, right? Right. You don't say nothing to Eddie because he's if he's in a role or he's in a character or yeah. whatever it is that he's he's in the mode. He's in the mode. Yeah, he's you professor who whomever to him, professor right? fat ass, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> Even though he getting ready to go. Hum, Right, yeah, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, I mean, yeah. you don't say nothing to him until he's ready to deal with his whatever to process. Engage outside of, yeah, outside of himself. Right. That's what I was thinking in terms of role playing. Right, it's like with the cause people and all those others that yeah. that assume the whole thing. Yeah. Right, but see, role playing to me, you cut it on, you cut it off. This method acting, and long time I used to L. A. You know, high school, Ula Hagen and all that stuff. You know, I mean, I did that. You know, I did a little bit of everything. In fact, I was best actress. I won best actress in the ninth grade. Okay. Excuse me. That little ceremony. Mm -hmm. You really like me. I'm a star. Anyway, that's some of my craziness, but that's who she's always been that since she was a little girl. So, you know, we got unfinished business. But anyway, Um, so... But yeah, so you just really just uh, uh, transfer 
all of that and mm-hmm. it just becomes everything you wake up you think it yeah. you eat it yeah. you know everything how this character how would they how they're typing how they just it just doesn't separate mm-hmm. at some point you have to let go you have to create a, a blank canvas that's a lot for an individual to do mm-hmm. and it really does and dangerous. Let, well yeah it is it can be. See, That's why it can become like I'm talking about Lakeith and how this role mm-hmm. really impacted him. Now, the, well, you know what? Though I think I think one thing I think though mm-hmm. is like a Lakeith is like kind of probably a natural actor. You know what I'm saying? He's probably he's probably take some acting classes and whatnot. But these guys, you know, these, these British guys. What I, what oh I yeah, that them, are totally. They are so well educated. They're uh, like academic theatricians. Yes, London. Royal School of Theater. I'm like, damn. The Her Majesty uh, School, <laughs> theatrical school of yeah. Shakespeare. Damn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, but seriously, it's it, it's it's obviously it's, it's very successful because yeah. these 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 guys they come over and they apply for roles and they remove that Brit accent. Now, I will say that there were there were times in the role of Frank uh, Fred Hampton that I found a little challenging. Now, two things. I understand that Fred Hampton, south side of Chicago, and there's a, you know, there's a linguistically, there's a, a lot of influences, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because they, they, his family migrated from the south, and, you know, you have mm-hmm. all of that, that influence our accents where we live regionally in the U.S. So um, he, he tend to, you know, I, I heard Fred's speeches, and there were times that, uh, for me, that Kua, uh, Kalua, uh, kind of mumbled it again, you know, to make make so he get it said. So it sounded like you know cornbread and, and grits, right, right, right. Yeah, 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 you know what I'm saying, yeah, yeah. And, right, and yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, I mean, he, <laughs> initially it was yeah. really, really well working for me, and then it started. There was struggling. There was a couple, of, time, was a a couple of times I missed what he said. You did, or didn't true. understand what he said. It, you're right. There were a couple of times yeah. where it almost sounded like he was mumbling. Exactly. Yeah. And you're right. I did. I did yeah. catch a couple of moments. I'm like, is he really trying that hard, <laughs> or is it like, was, was that something that Fred had with it? And here's another thing, though. <laughs> you're right. You're so right. You're right. Um, and one of the other things, you know, I, I, you know, me being a director myself, you know, what I'm saying, I mean, I, I, I do take a have a tendency to, you know, right. to really, so really get view... down to the aesthetics. Mm-hmm. Of the sound as well as as the aesthetics of the, of the visual. Um, one of the other things that I found admirable for change mm-hmm. was that they actually took a dude that was darker than the actual character and put him in that role, right? You know yeah, what I'm saying? Like, I you guess know, like, so. For instance, yeah. Like, yeah. Like they got a movie with Will Smith. He could be playing. Uh, uh, he could be playing. Um, um, City Poitney's son. No, he could be playing <laughs> Venus and Serena's dad, right? Oh, you know what I'm saying? Like, okay. Come on, man. <laughs> Like, you know, <laughs> if they're gonna give, but they'll give Will a role, you know. Come on, this, Will. You know. Let's somebody else have that. You know, like, let, no, get that it was the No, that'd be too intimidating. No, he might you know win it. I mean, I just, you know. Or, or you know, uh, a night in Miami, for example. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you had the character of of Muhammad Ali. Right. Mm-hmm. Did okay. The character, person that played Jim Brown, mm-hmm. and then the person that played Malcolm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And. You know, I, I mean, you know, color-wise, I think the person that played Jim Brown was much darker than Jim Brown is, actually. Yeah, he was, actually. He yeah, was. really, yeah. really, yeah, much he darker. He didn't like Jim Brown, actually. No, but he was, um, he had a nice body, though. <laughs> he was, yeah, big old, yeah. Big old buff sucker. Yeah, he yeah. was. He was minging, you know, yeah. <laughs> mad at that. And the dude that played <laughs> Sam Cooke 
was not. Was no, not, and it was he's puny. Yeah, frame. Little, he wasn't and Sam Cooke, you know, was not puny. No, and and, and, he, and he was good looking. This you guy this, was yeah, funny looking, right? You know, and I listen. You know, I appreciated the uh, Regina's like a, you know, uh, King's he was like efforts. Muhammad Ali, good looking. You know what I'm saying? At that time, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and even the guy that played Muhammad Ali was not pretty like Muhammad Ali. No, it wasn't. You know, in that sense, but Cassius. You know, yeah. Cassius. Cassius Clay. You know. Cassius Clay looked like <laughs> Queen Latifah. Or something. Oh, <laughs> oh, 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 oh. <laughs> well, y'all. So, with that being said, anyway, but so final words on uh, Judas and uh, uh, the Black Messiah. I would Christopher. say, for the most part. Uh, I would give it. I would give it four out of five stars. Um, you know, um, I'm glad it didn't necessarily hit the theaters. I'm glad it was. I'm glad it went straight to you know straight to streaming services. Um, great show. Um, good, good, good story. Didn't cover Hampton enough. Um, you know, but that wasn't what the story was all about. You know, no. so the story was about. The, the Messiah and the Judas, Judas and the Messiah. Um, so it actually showed and gave us, you know, some insight, as as my man would say, um, into um, looking further into um, the, the the actions of COINTELPRO, um, the history of that moment and that time, um, and that was enough to at least be the tip of the iceberg for us to, to look uh, towards something better. Being that it was really a movie on, act, you know, that also, as Ali brought up, you know, we also kind of look at uh, the black activism in the in the community yeah. and how that's looked upon and how it has been viewed historically with our government and agencies to take it down. But Ali, your, your thoughts? That's to me why <coughs> the um, counterintelligence program, COINTELPRO, as carried out by the FBI, CIA, U.S. government agencies, Defense, De- Department of Defense, on and on and on and on and on, every level, state, county, fed, all that. It's important that we as individuals understand, A, we have been in a full state of war since we landed. Huh. The sophistication may have increased. We may have gotten national agency focus on us, Mm -hmm. but we've always been at war. We suffer due to not giving enough serious time and energy work to fighting that war. Hmm. I think that Hmm. even though those that decided that the focus would be Judas and not the black Messiah, they may have had their own reasoning but to me, right. we benefited nonetheless because we need to look at where does the Judas come from. Hmm. And it's not some harebrained conspiracy. It's a group of people sitting in a room somewhere far removed with their starched J.C. Penney's white shirts and their little clap on, clip-on ties hmm. And their little four ninety nine briefcases, <laughs> deciding our future, Ooh, deciding the future it. of our children, tell it. our grandchildren, mm. tell it. So the role that Lakeith played, he played it well. 
the conflict he experienced in playing the role as well as what we saw in the final film result mm. all reflect the twisted, perverted, sick sense hmm. of someone who would actually submit to being an agent provocateur against their own community. Wow. Mm. So, that just in closing, yeah. William Neal <laughs> William Neal was a conflicted man. The real William Neal. And I hope that before he left here, this plane of existence, that he was able to achieve some sense of calm, some sense of peace. And I'm sorry, it's William O'Neill. Oh, is it O'Neill? It okay. is O'Neill. Yeah. Okay. So William O'Neill. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, I really think there's a lot to be learned by studying what our enemy creates to attract us and ensnare us. Hmm. Okay. They want the money, but they want to get the money as they entrap us in their perceptions of our reality. Ooh. Isn't that something? Isn't that something? So with, I will say just overall that, well, the fact that William Neal, O'Neal, <laughs> got me doing it. William O'Neal uh, committed suicide. Yeah. Uh, he did the... Uh, uh, Documentary, mm-hmm. and uh, he committed suicide January 15, ninety. So that okay. documentary was sometime in the in late, late eyes on the prize. Uh, I believe it was eye on eye on the prize because I remember I think it, that's the title. Yeah, yeah. But the there prize. were eyes on the prize. You know, there were several uh, series. Yeah, volumes, yeah, series, volumes yeah. of it. Yeah. So yeah, so mm-hmm. that it would make sense that it was in eye on the prize, mm-hmm. which is a uh, uh, so like right award right? winning yeah, interview, and uh, so. I think with this, and I feel with this movie, the message that's, you mentioned something about the message that uh, that's sent with this movie, and I'm sure that people will perceive many different things on different levels. I think that, let's say for Black Lives Matter now, any people that are, uh, first of all, if you're on the ground with activism, this movie says so much more, but to pay attention even within your own mm. cohorts, your own organization, Absolutely. your own organization, your own, they, they've your been own group, your own tribe. Absolutely. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah. how the harm that will be designed to come from within yes. tools. Yes. And Manipulated by the external enemy, but carried out by the internal enemy. Yes, that's right, carried out by the internal enemy. So that means when, particularly when these conspiracy things get out, and because we know there's several different tools, mm-hmm. today's effective tools happens to be social through media. social media, you know, uh, data collecting and analytics and making sure that information gets out to that community, Cell phone surveillance, that all communication, kind of all kind of stuff. So, right you know, it, probably it's happening now. Listening to us right now. <laughs> it's happening now. Having this conversation. Listen, just the fact that we have Google yeah. on our phones, it's being, it's listening to anyway. Mm. Well, keep listening. Because <laughs> it's too you late. <laughs> it's too late. Right. This so, is a conversation that's being had everywhere. It's so. this conversation that's being had everywhere. Mm. We're just doing it in a platform that's an entertainment platform. Like it or not, this is entertainment. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
So, and to be, and then to spark the other effective purpose and thing, if this movie doesn't spark conversations all around this, the world, particularly here in the U.S., where, where it matters, it needs to spark those conversations in the community of people talking and really yeah. peeling back, and I hope intelligently, not emotionally, because it doesn't serve to look at these things emotionally. Yes, for entertainment purposes, it's wonderful. It's entertaining. Yes, we we all have feel that our enemy is you know William O'Neill, but we have to look. They gave us a broader uh, vision of working wh- for the empire. Right. Where it now, comes see, that's, from. That's the one partial tragedy of why you know you know I said I'm glad it came out as a platform on, on the HBO platform and it it came out. But I think I would have liked a wider platform, maybe like Netflix, right? As right, opposed yeah. to HBO. Or HBO. Not everybody yeah. has HBO Max. No. Right? You know what I'm saying? You know, more people have, you know what I'm saying? So it's not, it's not getting the same exposure, right, as it would have gotten, say, on another platform. Just like like I felt or, the same way about the bankers. Know? Oh, yes. A lot yeah, of people yeah. did not yeah. see it because it was so limited yeah. on uh, Apple. Well, well, see, in that case, there was a, I believe, mm-hmm. there was a purposeful decision made to use the lowest level and the network or system that would be at the lowest level mm. in terms of distribution and viewing. They didn't want it on a Netflix. They didn't want it even on HBO. Right. So what they went with was something that was a couple of more steps down. And then they killed it. And then they killed it. Which is really messed up. That was valuable. I think everyone needs to see the bankers. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, it, once again, it showcased some of our top talent telling the top truth. Mm-hmm. And that they said, well, you know, we want to own a bank. Well, we need us a white boy to be a front man. Wow. Mm. Let's just jump, just to go, deal with it and go. Don't, don't even hang up. Don't, don't, no, don't get caught up in the conversation. Okay? White ice is cold. Well, y'all. Well, that's that's the that's my reflection on on Judas and the Black Messiah. I enjoyed it. It was just as I enjoyed this conversation and and looking at you two kings. Well, thank you, Queen. Thank you, Queen. Okay. <laughs> so with that, y'all, it's the Vibe Juice and Vibe Crew closing out another episode. We'll see you next time, y'all. Black Panther Party forever. <laughs> Every night, every day, every day, we gon' need my baby to call on me, close to me.